Welcome to the Elevate Life Church podcast of the week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Keith Craft. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit elevatelife.com. So I ask you to put your hand over your heart. And again, we're not going to say the Pledge of Allegiance, but what we are going to do is make some declarations. How many of you know that the things that come out of your mouth are very important? So let's start this service by making our declarations. I am who God says I am, a child of God, the righteousness of God. I am the apple of God's eye. I am God's workmanship created for good works, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today, I open up my mind to receive the word of God so I can think like God, be like God, and do life the way God intended for me to live. Let's lift up holy hands. Say it with me. Come, Holy Spirit. Help me elevate my thinking so I can elevate my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, one more thing. Put your hand on somebody's shoulder just like that next to you. Come on, all across this place. You're about to prophesy. Some of y'all have never prophesied. Say this with me. Say in Jesus' name, your life is moving forward in the right direction, in the best direction. And in Jesus' name, 2018 is going to be your best year ever. Come on, y'all. We're believing God for that, all right? So go ahead and be seated. So glad that you're here. Thank you for coming and thank you for being a part of Elevate Life Church. And uh, it's just always amazing. Also, the hundreds and thousands that watch on uh, the digital, in the digital world. Also want to thank Oprah Winfrey for watching. Uh, Barack Obama, thank you for tuning in always. And uh, of course, Donald Trump and whoever else may be watching. You never know. I'm just a little bit delusional to think that we have a message that the world needs to hear, that Jesus loves them and that there's hope in the name of the Lord. So I want to talk to you about the word for um, 2018 and our word for 2018 is now those of you that didn't know, go ahead and let that come out of your mouth because that's where you're going. You're going forward in Jesus name. Take a look at this scripture and uh, let me tell you how the word of God works in case those of you don't know, you know, this, this is an ancient book, but it's a relevant book. And in the old Testament, there's basically two sections. There's the old Testament and the new Testament in the old Testament, the new Testament is concealed. And in the old Testament, the, the, or in the New Testament, the Old Testament is revealed. And this is, this is all about God. This is all about Jesus. This is all about the Holy Spirit from the beginning of time. And it's all about you. And today we're going to preach out of this, the word of God. Amen. And so I just want to encourage you that when we read a scripture like this, and actually my mother taught me this years ago, but just to insert your name, because by the way, Isaac is dead. And so this word is for us now. This is a now word for us as we go forward in 2018. So insert your name, say it with me out loud. Then Keith sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. Let's put an amen on that because you just prophesied over yourself. Then the next verse, the man or the woman or Keith began to prosper, continued prospering until he became very prosperous. There's your prophecy. There's your word. There's your future. We're moving forward in Jesus name. In the King James version, this is the language Jesus spoke. That's a joke. But let's do it again. Again, insert your name. Then Keith sowed in the land and received in the same year. Everybody say the same year. Everybody say the same year. Everybody say 2018. This is for me. In the same year, a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. Next verse. And the man waxed great and went. Come on, say it one more time. Forward and grew until he became very great. Hey, I've got some great news. That's your word for the year. And in Jesus name, it's going to happen. And as we roll out this word in, in both the Hebrew and the Greek, it's a biblical word. It's a word that I believe God has given uniquely for our church family and, and maybe for the world, you know, too. Uh, my friend Charles Neiman started the year off preaching uh, a message called Go Forward. And so it's not just the sound that we're hearing from heaven, but it's a sound that I believe God is saying that it's time for us to go forward. So what does that mean biblically? It can be summed up in three words, advance, promote, progress. Would you mind saying that with me? Advance, promote, progress. Now there's some churches you can go to and you just hear what the guy says or the girl says, but there's some churches where you actually get to interact. So that's what I'm engaging you in. Why? Because 
what you speak happens for you. You see, part of what faith is, is speaking those things that are not as though they were. And by the way, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So when we speak what the word of God says, it pleases God. And by the way, it puts us in a position to see what we speak. You see, you've got to say what you hear so you can see what you say. And there's a lot of truth to that. So with that, let's talk about these three words. I'm going to particularly focus on advance today and promote today and what that means as it relates to moving forward in your life going forward. We talked about this in our State of the Church address a few weeks ago, but, but this year we're going to go forward and we're going to advance God's plan. What is God's plan? This is the best news all day. His plan is to bless you. According to the Bible, his plan is to bless your life. His plan is to build his church in and through you. God wants to build his church. And he says in Matthew 16, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. In other words, when you become not just a church goer, but when you become the church, then you become an unstoppable force in the earth. Now, these are more than words. It's more than just theoretical. When you buy into this and believe this, that Christ is the head and we are the body, we are the church, then you can understand that God, God does have a plan. Listen, I don't know how you grew up, but your parents may or may not have wanted you. You may have known your dad. You may not have. You may have been adopted. But let me tell you what's higher than even your parents who progenitored you, that's my word, progenerated, who came together and had you. Whether they wanted you or not, God wanted you on his earth for such a time as this. And when you really understand that, why would God, why would God want that for me? Because it sure sometimes doesn't seem like that because God has a plan. And if you've been around here for more than a year, you can jump right in anytime because I'm going to start something that we've been talking about for 18 years, because here's how it works. According to the word of God, understand the plan Follow the pattern, receive the promise. I want you, if you've never heard that or never written that down, maybe just take your phone or something else and just write that down. Understand the plan. If God has a plan, then he has a pattern. Why? Because he has promises for us to receive. And so as we focus on this and we go forward this year, we're going to advance the plan that God wants to bless us, that God wants us to be the church, not just be in the church. Do you know that we live in a world today that's so digital? And again, a lot of times millennials get a bad rap and they shouldn't get a bad rap. They're, they're trying to figure it out the way everybody else is trying to figure it out. But the problem is many millennials have not had patterns to follow. They, 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 they don't want to follow what they've seen in their parents. They don't want to follow what they've seen in society. And by the way, God never intended for any generation, the next generation, to have to re-rebuild or what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? To reinvent, thank you very much, preach to me. To reinvent uh, their world. God wants, wants us to be shoulders for the next generation. God wants us to have a pattern for the next generation. And so if there's a plan, then there's a pattern. And I'm gonna show you that biblically. But we have to understand what God's plan is. His plan is to bless us so we can be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue, and have dominion in the earth so we can rule and reign in the earth. God wants you to rule and reign in the earth. That's his original intent, his original plan. It's never changed. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. But then he says, now I want you to, you're my sons and you're my daughters. So you are the church in the earth that the devil can do nothing about. And that by being my church, not just coming to church, the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. You become an unstoppable force in the earth. But again, back to, to millennials and even other you know, categories that we could put people in. Um, a lot of people say, it's not that big a deal to come to church. You know, church is not a big deal. But, and so I can just watch it on the phone and, or just, you know, if I wanna go to church, I can watch online. Why go to church where people are? Well, that's like saying, hey, we're gonna be married, but we're gonna do this by the phone. We're, we're going to be in this relationship, but hey, let's just do it online. And hey, that's okay until you have felt this. The skin. Until you've looked into the eyes. Until you've, in other words, 
the two have become one until you actually do life with people. The Bible says, neglect not the assembling of yourselves together as some do. Why? Because we need to be in the house of God. Not just the, the banks, not just our jobs, not just that, but, the, but God has a house in the earth. It's called his church. That's one form. But he also says, I want you to be the church. You are my temple. And I want you to be a tribe in the earth that believes this book, that lives by this book, that proves this book is true and proves that I am God by the way you live because you are my son and my daughters on the earth. You're royal. You're a royal priesthood, the Bible says, a holy nation, a peculiar people to show forth the praises of God who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So God has this plan for us to be the church and to be a part of a church. The average person who calls themselves a Christian now comes to church once a month. And it's okay, but there's so much more to come into church than that. When you go through a tough time, when you face a difficulty, when you, when you go through a disaster, when chaos happens, you need to have a family beyond your family of origin, but a family of choice. The Bible says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Get to know people who have the same values that you have. Do life together. There's people that have actually come to this church and they begin serving in this church. And really in life, you know, they went to school. You even had Harvard, you know, graduates here, different kinds of people, Yale, people that, 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 that have, have gone to higher learning institutions, and yet they never led a team. And so people have actually come here and learned to lead a team, whether it's in the parking lot or somewhere else. And, and not only have they learned to lead a team, but it's helped them in their business life. Like being around people that think like this, being around people that think servant leadership, being around people that, that, that don't just do something for a check, but live life in such a way that because of them, the kingdom of God is advanced. Business, businesses have been started here. I'm talking about multi-million dollar businesses out in our parking lot or through people serving on teams. It's an amazing thing. So when God says, I have a plan and I have a plan to build my church, that's what it says in Matthew 16. The gates of hell won't prevail against it, but that starts on the inside of you. Doing community, doing life. God has a plan for us to be planted in the house of the Lord. Psalms 92 says that those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. And then I love this part, the older that I get, and in their old age, they will be flourishing and like full of sap. That's one translation, like a tree that's full of sap. In other words, even though you get old, you don't wither up and die. You get stronger, you get better. Come on, old people, I'm talking to some of y'all over 18. Some people are old souls when they're 16. They think old, they act old, they get stuck. Jesus, help us get planted in the house of the Lord. And then God's plan is for us to go. And that's what we're talking about this year. The last words of Jesus he got with his disciples, and we'll come back to this. And he said, I want you to go. That means go forward into all the world, and I want you to make disciples. We're talking about patterns today promoting the pattern. So God wants us to advance his plan, but he also wants, wants us to promote the pattern. You say pattern, what does that mean? In the Old Testament, God established patterns for his people to follow. From giving them the 10 commandments in Exodus 20 to building the first tabernacle in Exodus 25, God said to Moses, he said, listen, make everything according to the pattern that I give you in the mount. Now I wanna just highlight two things. Why would God give the children of Israel 10 commandments? I mean, you know, it's like, because they've been slaves for 400 years. They didn't know how to behave. They didn't know how to act. So the 10 commandments were not just a bunch of do's and don'ts, but the 10 commandments were, were a guide for them to live their life and have the blessing of the Lord on their life. And then Jesus came in the New Testament. The Bible says he came in grace and truth, the power of God to proclaim the truth. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. Put an amen on that. He came and he said, I'm not abolishing that, but I came to fulfill that. So God wants us to understand that he's, he's, he's given us these patterns in scripture. Watchman Nee said this, he said, the pattern shown on the mountain is the plan but if we don't understand God's plan, it will be impossible for us to do God's work. And some people are just going through life. They've got their own plan. They're trying to figure it out. And let me just stop right here and say this. You know, I, uh, I'm, I'm not just a pastor, but I'm also a business coach and an entrepreneur and have, have done that for years, been a corporate coach. 
And we have what's called masterminds for people that, are, that have small businesses and that are CEOs. And, and so tonight I'll fly to Alabama and we'll do a mastermind there with, with some of the top business people in, in the uh, Decatur, Alabama area, Huntsville and Decatur, Alabama area. And so we have those available here for you. And, and Dave Stroud is here. Where is Dave? But Dave is, Dave is here and, and Dave helps me lead those masterminds. Um, Dave was the senior VP for Lee Hickton Harrison, which is the largest leadership development company in the world. They worked with Fortune 100 companies, companies that were a, a billion dollars or more in business. And so he's come alongside me to help people who, who want to build their businesses for the glory of God and their kingdom businesses. And so as we go into 2008, if you're interested in that, he'll be in the lobby and just contact him and say, hey, listen, we've got a few slots available this year. And I'm sharing that with you because my heart and my passion is for us to be kingdom people. Brother, to understand what are, what are some patterns that I can develop in my business? You, you might remember the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness. You know, Will Smith played Chris Gardner and he's walking in, right up in Wall Street, you know, walking. He sees a guy drive up in a Ferrari and he says, I want to know what you did to get that. That's called a pattern. By the way, do you know the purpose of parenting? How many of y'all are parents here? Don't be ashamed. Raise your hand. Okay, so... so so, so here's how normal people think, okay? Here's how normal people think. And by the way, this is Elevate Life Church, not Average Life Church. But how normal people think is, oh, listen, let's get married. Let's have a family someday. And let's decide how many kids we want. Like, do we want one or we don't want two? Or do we even want kids? And what's, what, what, what's, the, deal with, what, what's the deal with having families? And again, in our small thinking, it's, it's for our pleasure. And then they start growing up. Like, no, no, I had you, like I birthed you or I adopted you I'm, because I wanted you and the way you're acting right now. And so we have this ideal of the way that we think things are. And listen very carefully to what I'm saying and, because I teach on this a lot, but there's the ideal and then there's reality. And it's okay to have an ideal. God wants you to be an idealist. He wants you to think if you could have any kind of marriage that you wanted, what, what, what would be the ideal? If you could have any kind of life that you would want, what would be the ideal? If you could have any kind of relationship that you want, what would be the ideal? But here's our problem. There's reality. And everybody said, and everybody else said. So somewhere between ideal, what we, what we perceive a marriage should be, what we perceive a friendship should be, what we perceive financial prosperity looks like, what we perceive our life should be like, between that ideal and that reality, we set our expectations. And let me just tell you that right, this right here, this is what messes us up. Because according to our ideal, we begin to project on other people what our ideal friendship looks like, we, what our ideal marriage looks like. And we don't necessarily see ourselves in an ideal way, but we project on everybody else, this is what it looks like for me, and yet we're not that, unless we're delusional. So we all have these ideals. We don't realize it, but we do. And so many of us live with unmet, unrealistic expectations because we have these ideals and we begin to project those ideals on everybody else without the positive tension being on us to be that ideal. And by the way, if you, the more you become the ideal person, the best version of you that you can be, the more responsibility that you feel on yourself, not for other people to be that, but for you to be that with other people who aren't that. And yet still we don't understand that. So we go through life and, and, and we live with these unmet, unrealistic expectations. We live in disappointment. We live depressed. We think, man, I thought it was going to be like this, or I thought it should be like that. And we get focused on what that's not, what our boss isn't, what our employees aren't, what our spouse isn't, and what our marriage thought we, it was going to be, and it's not that, how our family was supposed to look. And all of a sudden, we live these lives, like Henry David Thoreau said, that are quiet lives of desperation. And we don't realize we can live this way as sons and daughters of God. What pattern do I need to follow? for the biblical success that God wants to happen for my life. So the Bible is a book of patterns. So the Bible says this in Leviticus 27, 27 verse 26. It's the pattern of the law of first things. Pastor Mike Hayes talked about this last week, that the first is devoted and set apart to the Lord and God calls it holy. 
So the first sets the pattern for the rest. And again, let's talk about finances just for a second. The law of first things teaches us that our first fruits redeem and bless the rest. So we, we live our life and we, you know, work hard for your money. So hard for your money. I mean, we work hard. We think it's ours, just like we think the breath that we breathe is ours. <sighs> who gave you that? I said, who gave you that? Who gives you the power to get wealth? So we start thinking it's mine. And God says, no, no, I want you to understand something. And Pastor Mike illustrated it so well last week. He laid out 10 dimes. And he said, which one is God's? Well, some people say none of it because I worked for all of it. I gave you the breath, God says, for your ability to work. I've given you the power to get wealth. I grew up in a home where my mother was the tither. And I'm grateful for that. But she never, my parents never got the true revelation, just like probably your parents didn't. And some of you don't have the true revelation yourself. The law of first things. It's a pattern. God says, I don't want just a tenth of your income. Listen very carefully in this house and be responsible for what I'm going to tell you right now. Because as long as you don't know, you don't have to be responsible. But according to the Bible, the pattern for God is this. Put me first. Don't pay your house payment first. Don't pay your car payment first. Don't make sure you got food on the table, clothes on your back. Don't do that first or you're playing God. What I want you to understand, that there's a pattern that I've set. And if you'll give me the first dime of every 10, I call that portion holy. If you'll set it apart and know that that's for me, I will redeem and bless the other nine. By the way, you know what the number one fast food chain in America is? Does anybody know? Just say it out loud. Chick-fil-A. That's what I'm talking about. Are they open today? I know that makes some of you very sad. You know why they close on Sunday? Because in a, as a company, that's holy. And guess what? They make more in six days than McDonald's, Burger King, Subway combined. Combined. It ain't just because they have good fried chicken or sweet tea with some kind of special potion in it or some kind of waffle fries. Listen, they're number one in the world because they honor God. I want you to get this. This is one company that gets it. It's insane to think in the natural that the first dime matters that much. But when God puts this pattern in motion, it doesn't change because it's in the Old Testament. Remember what I said in the beginning. In the Old Testament, the New Testament is concealed. In the New Testament, the Old Testament is revealed. It's not about the law. It's about the privilege of honoring God and putting God first with your finances. And then here's what he says. See if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on you that you cannot contain. In other words, not one person here, not one person I've ever met says, I have just got, so well, I have met one person. I was sitting next to a friend of mine one day and I said, can I pray with you about something? He said, well, sure. I said, what would you like prayer for? He said, I have so much money coming through my hands. I just need to ask God what to do with it. I said, well, let's don't pray because I have your answer. I am here. God set me right here. This guy actually told me that. He started laughing. I said, no, 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 I'm serious. I'm not praying. Because the Lord has sent me right here. Okay, so here's what I'm telling you. I've only met one. But I don't think there's very many people that would say, I've got, so, I've got just so much money, J. Paul Getty. All the money in the world and my family's a wreck, drug addicts, my grandson's kidnapped that I won't pay his ransom. I'm the richest man in the world and I'm a miserable miser because money doesn't bring happiness. And yet some of us live our life unknowingly like that and we will not honor God in the first things. And so the pattern for biblical success and prosperity does not work for us. My parents, bless their heart, they lived hand to mouth their whole life. And by the way, we went to church and my mother gave 10%. My father never got it. And I say that with all due respect. My father didn't know the Lord till he was 67. We still had a blessing on our life, but we didn't have open heavens over our life. 
I just prophesy over you as you go forward and you follow that pattern, open heavens over your life in the name of Jesus. Get intentional and strategic about it in Jesus' name. First Chronicles 28, David said in his heart, I, I want to build God a palace and all the Lord has made me understand in writing by his hand upon me, even the works in his pattern. God, show me how you want me to build this. God, God show me the, the pattern for building my business. Show me the pattern for my marriage. Show me the pattern. So again, back to parenting. And this is so antithetical in today's world, but just hear me and hear the heart of God. Most importantly, the purpose for parents is to be a pattern that their children can follow after. And yet we don't think like that. And yet God says, I want families in the earth who value the word of God above all else, who are planted in the house of the Lord, that I don't just bless the dad, I don't just bless the mom, but for generations to come in the earth, this family is gonna have the hand of God and an open heaven over their life forever. That's the purpose of parenting. Now, if your kid decides not to follow the pattern, then all I can say is we kick to good luck. And by the way, I don't believe in good luck. I believe God's plan is to bless us. Come on, God's plan is to bless us. And it's a whole lot better than luck. In the New Testament, Peter says, God's called us to glory and virtue. Wow. To excellence. He's given us these exceedingly great, precious promises that through these promises, we might be partakers of the divine nature. Wow. Timothy tells us that all scripture is given as inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, for righteousness, doing life God's way, that the man of God and woman of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see, God puts you on the earth for good works, but you've got to follow the pattern for those good works. The apostle Paul tells us in Philippians three, brethren, join in following my example. How bold, how maybe even egotistical. Hey, hey, follow my example, but also not just mine, but note those who walk among you. As you have them, you have us for a pattern. As a pastor, for better or worse, as a spiritual father, whether you see me that way or not, I am that. That just like I have the authority with my children as they were growing up to decide how much money they were gonna have, to decide what their privileges were gonna be. That's how God is in our life. And your measure of rule, God wants you to, to, to develop a pattern. Why? Because his goal is not just to bless you, but watch this. He wants you to have the power to bestow favor on everybody that's in your sphere. How powerful is that? That everybody that comes into your sphere, they get next to you and something good is going to happen because they're in your sphere. God wants us to understand this that there are patterns for us and he wants us to be a pattern. The most important pattern for us to follow is Jesus. Somebody put an amen on that. We do this by choosing, watch this now, not just to become a Christian. I grew up in this y'all. I grew up as a Christian, but I didn't grow up just thinking kingdom. Christian means to be Christ-like. So a lot of people say, yeah, I'm a Christian. You know, I believe in Jesus Christ, but watch this. They fall short because they believe, but they don't follow. They believe, but they don't follow. So, so here's the deal. Woo. Excuse me for a minute. So tell me your name. Drew. Drew. And what's your last name? Birkenstock. Okay, Birkenstock. You know what Birkenstock means? That means that whatever he says and whatever she says and whatever, however that home's supposed to be run, you're not just Drew doing like your own deal, you're Drew, wait, say the last name? Birkenstock. Birkenstock, wanna make sure you hear that. So here's the deal. Sometimes we don't realize, I'm not just Keith Kraft, the son of my father and mother. I'm a son of the living God. A royal priest, a holy nation I'm a part of, a peculiar people, for what purpose? To show forth the praises of God who's called me out of darkness into his marvelous life. Now, here's the deal, Drew. Just like you, I can do whatever I want to do. 
I can make it as hard on me, as hard on them, as hard on whatever as I want. But here's the reality. If my name is Birkenstock, there doesn't just come privileges with that, but there comes great responsibility with that. And that's who you are in Christ. And you're amazing. Hey, Drew, look at me. You're amazing. And you've got a great future. And God has a great plan for you. And you hadn't even seen anything yet. God's going to do amazing things through you. And guess what? Guess what? That's the word for all of us, isn't it? That's the word. So here's the deal. I didn't do that to impress you. I just didn't feel like walking up the stairs. But anyway, here's the deal. God wants you to understand something. And what he wants you to understand is you have something, watch this now, to live up to. You can do whatever you want. But he's given us these patterns that if I'll choose to follow the pattern, watch this now, understand the plan. What's God's plan for you? Say it. I preached it to you. To bless you. Come on, what's God's plan for you? to bless you, to be his church in the earth, now to go and make disciples. Now let's follow the pattern. What, what are the patterns? I've already told you financially what the pattern is. But watch this. Jesus is the pattern, not just that we say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but Jesus is the pattern that I follow. So the purpose of parenting, we would sit with our kids and I had a crazy travel schedule, 40 plus weeks a year. But on Monday nights when I was home, we would gather together. We would talk about... What is our mission statement? Today, in our house, on our table, is inscribed our family mission statement. Josh, stand up. Come here. Sorry, son. You're on the front row. What's our family mission statement? Never allow the good to be the robber of the best. Okay. Now listen. Thank you, son. Why do I have the confidence to ask him that? Because I drilled that into his heart and into his head, even when he didn't want to hear it. Come here, son. <laughs> Sorry. I don't see any other kids right here. They're out playing, doing something. What's the, what's the five top core values in our family? The five top core values yeah. are leadership, generosity. Uh, <laughs> I know he's he's a contemplator. (laughs) I really, we really have not done this any other service. No, I know it's right. That that's why I'm making a point. Leadership, positive attitude, positive attitude. attitude. Imagine that. Yes, Uh, honor. Honor, big deal. Generosity. Generosity. Excellence. There you go. He did it. So so watch this now. Here's my question. Can you ask your kids that and they know that about your family? That's the purpose for parenting, what I just showed you. And at 30, even though I put him on the spot, he's still able to come up with it and to live it. I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back. I'm telling you, I live this thing, that there are patterns that if we will follow patterns, we will create a generation where Josh today is one of the top givers in our church. I have to tell him sometimes, look, son, this year, you, don't have to be one of the, you don't have to be in the top 100. He goes, no, dad, I sold a house. The first, the, the reason I'm, he made in the top 100 this year is because he sold a house and gave the first fruits to God. Because in our family, generosity is one of the core values. Excellence, being our best for God. Positive attitude. You don't have the luxury of a negative thought. Nothing good happens when you're negative. And say it to my kids over and over and over, looking at them with my eyes flared, my nostrils flared, my eyes bugging out going, listen, in this family, we're positive. Are you feeling positive right now? No, no, here's the deal. That's who we are. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. If you don't give your kids a pattern, who's going to? Listen to me. If you don't give your kids a pattern, that's why you need to fight for your marriage. That's why you need to fight to stay positive yourself. That's why you need to fight like Paul so you can say to those that are around you, I don't want you just to follow me because I need followers, but I want to live a life to the glory of God that we become a pattern together at Elevate Life as a family going in the same direction and the heaven opens and God makes the impossible possible in the name of Jesus. 
What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? Luke 19 talks about how men came to Jesus and said, hey, we'll follow you wherever you want to go. And one of them said, hey, I've got to go bury my father first. Another one said, well, hey, I, I need to go bid everybody at my house farewell. I want to follow you, but, 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 but. Jesus said, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. I'm talking to you today about the pattern of discipleship. God's heart is not for you to be a Christian. You'll not hear that in any other church in the United States of America today. God's heart is for you to be a follower of Jesus. God's heart is for you to seek to follow him and to know who your leaders are. So Drew, I'm still preaching to you. So here's the deal. So Drew, here's the deal. There are neighbors, by the way, so I'm... Drew, here's the deal. The Bible says that Jesus came and in Isaiah 11, there were seven spirits that he brought to the earth when he came. He brought the spirit of wisdom. He brought the spirit of might. He brought the spirit of counsel. He brought the spirit of honor, the fear of the Lord. And it goes on. But the spirit of wisdom, Jesus embodied wisdom. The Bible says that wisdom is the principal thing. That means it's the prince of all things. It's the most important thing. The wisdom is the ability to differentiate between not just good and evil, right and wrong, but between good and best. But watch this. More importantly than that, the reason I need the wisdom of God, and by the way, here's the good news. The Bible says if you lack wisdom, anybody here besides me lack wisdom? Come on. If you lack wisdom, you can ask God and he will not withhold it, but he gives liberally to all who ask. What's the purpose of wisdom? Watch this. To know whether Bitcoin is a real deal. <laughs> to know if cryptocurrency is something you should invest in. Have I got your attention? Those of you who know. Here's my point. It's way more than that. The purpose for wisdom, listen very carefully now, is so that you can know who and what to honor. The people that miss it in life are not the people that make a lot of money, not the people that get divorced, not the people that stay married, not the people that call themselves Christians, not the people that do more right than wrong. The people who demonstrate true biblical success and prosperity are people, excuse me, <coughs> people who ask God for his wisdom because they know that they need it. Watch this now who lack it and know they lack it and God gives it to them liberally. And then God opens this vista in your life. Here's who and what to honor. When you get that right, you will be honored. Let me say that one more time. When you get that right, you will be honored. And is the goal to be honored? No, God's plan is for you to be blessed. So if you're gonna be blessed, he obviously wants to honor your life. So, so I say this, there's patterns. The first dime of every 10, that's an honor issue. It's not a money issue. So quit making it about something it's not. It's an honor issue. God, you called this holy. You set it apart for you. It's an honor issue. When I serve, it's an honor issue. It's not because I've got time to give my time to the church, but it's an honor issue. And so if you're a disciple of Jesus, let me give you a couple of things. This is in your notes. Here we go. First of all, you heed the words of Jesus. You heed the words of Jesus. Jesus said in John 8, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. How many of you want the light of life? Come on, the light of life. You know, in the beginning, the Bible says the earth was void. It was full of darkness. It, it was chaotic. And the first act of God is he said, let there be light. And I find that so interesting because the second thing in your notes is if you're gonna follow Jesus, you have to be a light for Jesus. You have to understand that you have the power to be a light for Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Then he comes back and in Matthew 5, he says, now you're the light of the world. You're a city on a hill that cannot be hid. Nobody takes a light and puts it under a bushel, but they take it and put it on a lampstand so all the world can see. And then here's what the Bible says in Matthew 5, 16. So let your light, let your light so shine before men that they see what? Come on your good works and they glorify God. This is being a disciple of Jesus Christ, not just a Christian, not just somebody who believes in God. 
but somebody that's actually following Jesus. In this church, we have so many opportunities for you to learn to be a light, for your marriage to be a light, for your business to be a light, for your life to be a light. We have Wednesday night classes here. We, we stop doing a Wednesday night service except for the first Wednesday of every month when our whole family comes together and we do communion together. And I encourage you, put that on your calendar. It's the first Wednesday of every month. Let's come together as a family. Take that one hour as a part of your discipleship this year, following Jesus and say, I'm gonna set that aside that first Wednesday of the month. There's many, many times when God will give me prophetic words just on that night. And we baptize, we, we celebrate people that have made decisions for Christ as a family. We take communion together. That's when we take communion. We, we dedicate babies and adults to God. In other words, it's a part of our discipleship. But the other Wednesday nights, we have Wednesday night classes. We have a marriage class in here. Let me tell you something. You're, don't make your marriage be in trouble before you come to a marriage class. Just as a part of discipleship, do life with people who are t- trying to have the same values, biblical core values, and lead your marriage, and, and then become a light to other marriages. Maybe you don't need it. Maybe yours is awesome. But somebody will need your awesomeness. And that's part of being a disciple and getting plugged into that, that, that class. We have premarital classes. We have, we have a class on healing. Healing matters. We have a class on enjoying life, squeezing the lemon that Mark and Debbie Bloom do. There's going to be, there's over 160 people already in just that class. We have a class David Stroud does on family of choice. And what do we mean when we talk about family of choice? We have young adult discipleship groups, student discipleship groups. Wednesday nights around here are popping. We have classes on how to be financially free and living generous. What are these classes for? Do we just want to have church to have church? No, we want to help you to become a disciple, a follower of Jesus so that your marriage and your family and your business and your life and your finances become a pattern for other people to follow. By the way, sober moment. Are you worth following? Is there anything that anybody can look in your life and say, I want to know what you did, Jeff and Amy, to have that marriage. I want to know what you did to have that kind of family. I want to know what you did in your business to grow your business. And those, listen to me, at Elevate Life Church, those patterns are all around you. And that's why you need to be planted in the house and you can learn it. If you want to learn to play blackjack and win in Las Vegas, Don is here. (laughs) Don, raise your hand. There's your blackjack guy. Go to Las Vegas with him. Bring his spoils back to the house of God like he does. Sometimes we look in the offering, there's just hundreds of dollar bills. We know it came from Don. He just, now I'm joking, but it's a truth, Don. Sorry, I'm exposing you to God and everybody else. But thank you for bringing it back to, taking it from wealth of the wicked and bringing it back to the house of God. Do you know that the number one poker player in the world comes to our church? In one game, won over a million dollars. Look, I don't care how you do it. Just do it for God. Okay. Praise the Lord. And all the religious people just left. Am I doing okay, Sheila? Was that a nod yes or no? But anyway, hey, if you're a disciple for Jesus, whatever you do, do it for Jesus. Let me rewind. If you're a disciple for Jesus, come on, whatever you do, do it for Jesus. Get plugged in around here. Be here on Wednesday nights. Be a part of what God is doing in this family. Be a light. The next thing, if we're going to follow Jesus and be a disciple of Jesus, we've got to go forward from good to greater. How many of you don't just want a good life, but you want a great life? Come on. Jim Collins wrote a book years ago called Good to Great. It was the study of the top 1,500 companies really in America at that time and what they did to go from good to great. I love one principle out of that book that we were already adopting here in the church. I wish I could have written the book and had a bestseller on it. Our, our version of it is your alignments are more important than your assignments. The people that you do life is with is more important than what you do in life. The way Jim Collins said it in Good to Great is it's more important about the people that are on the bus than where the bus is going. It's the who's who in your life that matters more than the what what. 
And so to move from good to great, what is, that's a biblical concept. Here's what the Bible says in Ephesians 2. For by grace, the power of God to do things God's way, you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift from God. Somebody put an amen on that. For we are his workmanship. We are his poema, the Bible says. We're his poem being written. We are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus what have we been created for? To have a nice house, to have a nice family, to have the nicest car that we can, to, to have the biggest business that we can, to have as much money in the bank as we can. Those are all the American things that won't get you to heaven. But we are created for good works that God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let me just tell you something. God has good things coming your way. I'm prophesying over you. As you go forward, as you say, Jesus, I want to be more than just a good person. I want to be more than just a good Christian. I want to follow you in 2018 like I've never followed you before. I'm ready to go from bad to good and good to greater. And God, you've got a great future for me. And when you begin to believe that and you begin to follow Jesus that way, because following Jesus, you'll never misstep. You begin to understand that he says in John 14, most assuredly. By the way, when Jesus says most assuredly, you can take it to the. I say to you, he who believes in me and the works that I do, he will do also. Here it is. And greater works than these will he do because I go to the Father. And by the way, here's how you're going to do it. Because if you'll follow me, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it so that the Father may be glorified. Listen, y'all, some people, they, they, they just don't get it. And they never do this next thing in being a follower of Jesus. Not only do they not go from good to greater, but watch this. They don't go from good to greater because they never align their priorities with God. Do you know that you've all got priorities? They're by default or by design. There's things that are important to you. If I were to sit down with you and embarrass you like I did, Drew, then I would sit down with you and say, okay, tell me, you've got, you've got just like I did with Josh, what are the core values of our family? What's the things that are most important? So they're actually in this order. Honor, leadership, excellence, positive attitude, and generosity. Because generosity is produced by all of those things. You're not gonna be generous, watch this, if you have a negative attitude. You're not gonna be generous if you're not about excellence. If you're not trying to be your best, why would you want the best for somebody else and be generous? You see, the truth is, if you're not leading yourself to overcome yourself, then life is going to be about yourself. You'll never be generous. And by the way, if you don't honor, you'll live under a curse because you're a dishonorable person because you're ungrateful. That's why we have those five core values. We call them the big five in our family. To be a pattern for our children to follow and then now for our church to follow. That's the big five here as well. You see, here's the truth. Gratitude leads to honor. Honor leads to God's plan being fulfilled in your life to be blessed. But let me tell you where most people live. They're ungrateful, and so there's dishonor, and they bring a curse on their life. And people can't figure it out. It's like, what? It's like, I'll take one step forward and two steps backwards. Like my marriage is not... My, my life is not working. And they're walking around, they're negative, they're critical, they're ungrateful. And when you are ungrateful, listen, the next thing is, is, is you begin to dishonor people. And we don't honor people because they're honorable. We honor people because we're honorable and we know God has a plan to bless our life. This is revelation, ladies and gentlemen. Just say, Lord, I receive it. Come on, just say it. Say, Lord, I receive it. And so we've got to align our priorities. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you abide in me, you're gonna bear much fruit. Why does God want us to bear fruit? Watch this. So Drew, I'm preaching to you. So that we have something to offer our family. So here's my question to you, how old are you? What are you doing to contribute to your family? Or do you just take the money? Do you take the clothes? Do you take the food? Hey, I want the newest, I want the newest phone. I want, by the way, here's what's happening. Here's what I need you to do, mom. I need you to get me here. Hey, dad, I need you to do this. Here's my question. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, watch this now, you'll ask whatever you will and it'll be done. That's a good deal. Everybody say, that's a good deal. Now watch this. And he says, oh, by the way, but your responsibility is you bear fruit. 
So I would ask Josh when he was your age, Josh, what are you doing to contribute to this family? What are you doing? I get on to you about cleaning up your room. I've given you a beautiful space and you can't even keep it clean. You think I'm gonna get you a car when, you're, when your room is like this? No, because you're not contributing. It's important to your mom that your room stay clean. And just by cleaning your room, guess what you're doing? You're contributing to the excellence of our family. You're a freaking Birkenstock. <laughs> your last name isn't stupid, it's not idiot, so don't act that way. So here's my point. Y'all don't mind if I preach to children, do you? Sometimes adults don't listen. What's your last name? And why should people follow you? And what are you contributing to your family and to your business and to the kingdom of God? Can we get a group of people that bear enough fruit that everything goes forward because of you? You're not the boss, but it goes forward because of you. You're not the leader of the family, but the family's blessed because of you. What's your last name? And live up to it. Don't bring shame to it. God says, you're my son and you're my daughter. And if you're my son or my daughter, I've got a plan of blessing for your life. Live up to it. Be a disciple. And here's the good news. If you'll seek the kingdom of God, if you'll live like this, if you'll align your priorities, listen, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. <sighs> Drew, <laughs> you can't imagine the blessings that God has in your future. Amen. All you gotta do as a Birkenstock is to live up to that name. Josh, you're starting to see at 30 what it means to be a craft. You're starting to see the hand of God in your life because you're a child and a son of God. You followed the pattern of God, you followed your parents. That's why on your first house that you bought in a down market and you sold it, how old were you? When you were 24, he sold his first house and made over $100,000. If you follow the pattern, you receive the promise. I said, if you follow the pattern, you receive the promise. I hope you're getting this. Because guess what? It doesn't matter who your earthly daddy is. He's a good, good father. He's a good, good father. I said, he's a good, good father. And it's his pleasure to give you the kingdom. And in 2018, it's coming your way. It's coming your way. All you got to do is be a better follower. A better follower. I've decided follow Jesus. I don't just want to be a good man. I don't just want to be a good dad. I want to be a better follower of Jesus. Because if it's his good pleasure to give the kingdom, then this scripture must be true too. That the eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the whole earth to see those that are loyal to him so that he can bless their life. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure to get your copy of Pastor Keith Craft's book, Your Divine Fingerprint, and visit elevatelife.com for other exciting new content from Elevate Life Church.